That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hey, friends. Thanks for joining a podcast. I want to tell you about something really new and exciting called Patreon.com slash BP Show. It's a great way to get uh, exclusive interviews with newsmakers, voicemails, personalized videos, political commentary, and early access to a special podcast called The Making of Bernie Sanders. Go to patreon.com slash BP show. Patreon.com slash BP show. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show. Live at youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Okay, can you live a day without coffee? Well, uh, you got a month to get ready for it because May 29, Starbucks is shutting down. Just for one day. What do you say? Hello, everybody, on a Wednesday. Can you believe it? Here we are, Wednesday, April 18. It is uh, the Bill Press Show, and you are a big part of it. So, Great to see you today uh, with a very, again, another very, very busy day with news on many fronts. News from Mar-a-Lago about um, a big meeting, secret meeting, took place over Easter weekend uh, with CIA Director Mike Pompeo flying off to North Korea and sitting down with the president of North Korea, preparing uh, the talks for next month or the month of June between Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un. News on that front, also news in New York, where Fox News says they are 100% behind Sean Hannity. They don't care if he's got such a huge conflict of interest uh, that he doesn't even reveal all of his um, relationships with Donald Trump. And the fixer, Michael Cohen, uh, on the air. And uh, a very scary moment, tragedy on Southwest Airlines flight uh, one of those 737s that uh, Southwest Airline uh, has exclusively engine blowing up and one woman killed on a flight from LaGuardia to Dallas after an emergency landing in Philadelphia. We've got it all covered. We'll bring you up to date on all the news of the day and more and look forward to having you participate in the show by sending us your comments on Twitter at BP Show. So get ready to rock and roll with the news of the day. But first... This is the Full Court Press. Just a couple of other stories making news. As we mentioned yesterday, yesterday was tax day. Well, not exactly. Turns Mm -hmm. out many Americans who waited till actual tax day to go online to file their taxes or make payments were met with technical difficulties. The IRS's website was completely screwed up and you were not able to file or pay taxes because there was a hardware issue. So the IRS, late in the day yesterday, announced that they were extending the tax deadline to today. Mm -hmm. So if you waited until the last minute, 
paid off. You got one more day. <laughs> so if you were already procrastinating, you could procrastinate one more day. Steven Mnuchin had to come out yesterday and say that uh, they had major problems. Uh, they were going to give another day. And remember, by the way, the majority of Americans still pay their taxes online and file online. It's not so much all about the paper stuff anymore. Uh, so you got one more day. Today is technically tax day for those of you who waited. All right. So and they had already put it off one more day because yeah. of emancipation, emancipation day. day. Yeah. yeah. Which which right. happens sometimes if any <laughs> municipality has like a. Uh, right. A holiday, they have to move it back, and usually it's Washington D.C. with uh, Emancipation Day. By the way, uh, your your buddy, good friend, Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor, she broke her left shoulder. No, earlier this week, yeah, she fell in her home. She broke her left shoulder, but don't worry, she's going to continue doing her job on the Supreme Court. She's not going to miss any time off. <laughs> Uh, she's oh, going to be. She, she's tough, but boy, that's sad. Yeah, yeah. she's oh, too, she's going to be fine. She's yeah. going to be fine. She's wearing a sling. She's going to have one on for several weeks, uh, and is going to have to go through physical therapy. Huh? Uh, huh. But hadn't heard. I'll have to give her a call. Yeah, give yeah. Yeah, so give, give her a call. Send her some flowers, something yeah, like that. Right. And we've talked a lot about the uh, Missouri uh, uh, governor Eric Graytons. While well, the attorney general of Missouri is accusing Graytons of misusing a charity donor list, as if he didn't have enough problems to deal with in Missouri. Uh, he was the state's attorney general said that he had obtained a charity donor list without permission and has been emailing and using that list to try and get money. So uh, more hot water for the governor of Missouri. Can he survive this bill? Oh, uh, you know what? He shouldn't survive it. He shouldn't it. survive it. No. That's for sure. I mean, what a creep. That, yeah. They had to impeach that bastard. Get him out of there. This is the Bill Press Show. Yep, Fox News says they fully support Sean Hannity with all of his conflicts of interest. They don't care. It's ratings over ethics. Hey, what do you say? Hello, everybody. Uh, great to see you today. Oh, man, I guess I just imagine the scream if uh, there were Hillary in the, pre- in the in the White House and Rachel Maddow were, uh, yeah, hanging out with Hillary Having dinner at the White House. Oh, they'd be totally fine. Yeah, going up to Chappaqua and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah they'd, they'd, they'd be everybody fine would say, "Oh, yeah, they're just good girlfriends." Oh, uh, yeah, sure, sure. What do you say? Hello, everybody. Good to see you. Wednesday, 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 April eighteen. Here we go with the Bill Press Show, and again, as always, lots to talk about. Chock a block with news today on many, many different fronts. So, uh, thank you for being with us. Your headquarters here for uh, the latest. Headlines, the latest in the news across around the planet every day, and your chance to sound off about it as well. We always appreciate hearing from you. Look forward to hearing from you on Twitter at BP Show as we join you coast to coast, every little nook and cranny of the United States of America. Particularly, we are there with you also all around the globe. I heard from a cousin of mine yesterday who said her son, who's stationed with the Air Force in Germany, yep. In the in the office there, uh, in the Air Force office in Germany, guess what? They got the Bill Press show on. And people listening to the Bill Press show. So uh, salute to all of our servicemen and women listening around the world. We're joining you, of course, online on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Bill Press show. 
Joining you on Free Speech TV, part of the DirecTV network, and, of course, on the radio in the great WCPT out in the Chicago area and uh, statewide in Indiana on Indiana Talks. Let's start with a word of uh, tribute, a fond tribute, to a great First Lady of the United States, Barbara Bush, who passed last night at the age of 92. It was just uh, a couple of days ago we learned that she was really in ill health, uh, had uh, decided to decline any additional medical treatment uh, and just to look for comfort care from a hospice, which does such a great job. And she was getting hospice care uh, at home. Again, last night, passed at the age of 92, she and uh, President George H.W. Bush uh, just a l- couple of weeks ago celebrated their 73rd wedding anniversary. Uh, she is only the second woman in history to be the both the wife of and the mother of a president of the United States. Who is the other one, Peter? Uh, I don't know. Abigail Adams. Oh, wow. Of course, John Adams and John Quincy sure, Adams. Sure, of course. That makes sense. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of resemblance between Abigail Adams and Barbara Bush when you think of it. They were both a very outspoken women. Uh, remember, uh, Abigail uh, chastened John Adams, like, take care of the ladies. <laughs> Don't ignore the women. Uh, Barbara Bush was a very very outspoken first lady. Uh, she was uh, 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 she was very tart with her comments sometimes. They called her in the family the enforcer. Uh, you know, I never met her. I met her husband. I met her, but never met her. But I, I always loved her and loved the fact that, you know, in following with the, uh, particularly the uh, example of Lady Bird Johnson, she had a cause, like most first ladies do try to pick something out that they're going to focus on and make their platform. And with Barbara Bush, it was literacy, and she did a great job. And by the way, that was picked up again by her daughter-in-law, Laura Bush, uh, from the White House, but a very, very important issue. She was a champion of literacy and used her time as second lady and as first lady uh, to promote literacy uh, in this country. Um, She was no... (laughs) One of the funniest moments uh, during the first Bush presidency was when he famously said uh, he didn't like broccoli and wasn't going to eat it. And she had a whole load of broccoli delivered to the White House. <laughs> I went out on the South Lawn to accept this load of broccoli. The reporter said, what are you going to do? And she said, we're going to eat it. <laughs> it's good for you. And everybody should eat it. Right, yeah. Um, she uh, also had... Um, uh, <laughs> Isn't that what, funny what, that that used to count as a gaffe? That used to count when as a someone, gaffe. When yeah. someone said, I don't like broccoli, yeah, and people right. freaked out about yeah, it. Yeah, think about what they're saying now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Donald Trump talked about broccoli. Everybody would breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, uh, so she, she, you know, she has her husband in the White House. She's the first lady. Next thing you know, she turns around, and her little boy, Georgie, is president. She told a group about that. That was, that was just hard to believe. That same fellow that I used to yell at to please pick up his room to see him as president. It's truly amazing. <laughs> truly amazing. Uh, and then, of course, uh, second son, Jeb Bush, ran for president uh, in 2016. Didn't do so well. Uh, and uh, she made uh, no bones about the fact that she didn't like all the sniping uh, against Jeb Bush by one Donald Trump. She said at the time, quote, about George, about Donald Trump, quote, 
He's said terrible things about women, terrible things about the military. I don't understand why people are for him. No fan of Donald Trump. And we know that none of the Bushes voted for Donald Trump. Uh, so a really uh, a great a great first lady and uh, sad uh, to see her passing. Boy, so much news. Yeah, let's pick up more. We started yesterday with uh, Sean Hannity and Fox. Fox News yesterday coming out. Get this. Okay. So remember, here's Sean Hannity who's been attacking the Mueller investigation on his radio show, on his TV show, nonstop. The, the, and this is saying something. The biggest defender of Donald Trump on Fox News. Now, that you got to go far to be the number one on Fox News because the whole damn network That's is, all the, they do. Is, is all they do, right? But more than anybody is Sean Hannity. Plus, he has this personal relationship with Donald Trump. They talk at least once a day, twice a day, before the show, after the show. Trump tells him what he ought to talk about on the show. Sean Hannity tells him what he ought to talk about on Twitter, what he should be doing about Mueller, boom, 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 on and on. And the relationship to the point that Donald Trump turned him on to his attorney and and uh, Sean Hannity, as we learned in the courtroom in New York on Monday, uh, Hannity has, uh, uh, has also used Michael Cohen to give him some legal advice. He says only about real estate. We don't really know. But... The day of the raid, the weekend before, the Monday before, when the FBI raided Michael Cohen's home office and hotel room, Hannity went on the air that night and just blistered the FBI saying, uh, and Mueller saying Mueller's responsible. This was a total abuse of power, uh, government power, and the FBI, on and on and on, never acknowledging that that was his attorney's office, too, that they raided. He certainly should have said, by the way, I'm also a client of Michael Cohen. And then he begged Michael Cohen not to reveal his name in the courtroom until the judge said, you've got to tell me who this mysterious third client is. So with all of that, yesterday, what does Fox News do? Well, they came out and they admitted that they were blindsided by Sean Hannity, that they had no idea that Hannity had this relationship with Michael Cohen, did not know they had a business relationship, did not realize that while Hannity was attacking the FBI for raiding Cohen's office, that in effect, right, they were <laughs> he was attacking them for coming after his documentation. Uh, but they said at the same time, we have total confidence in John Hannity. Yes, we're not going to do anything about it. We love him. He, can, you know, he's still our guy. Just like they have total confidence in Laura Ingram, and they used to have total confidence in Bill O'Reilly, and. It's, it's, All the other goblins over there. Yeah. It is very interesting, right, how they – remember uh, – I was starting to think of what some of the other networks might do. Remember it was about a year ago now that there was a mistake in a story by some guys at CNN. There were three yeah, guys. Yeah. I forget what it was. It wasn't – I was, forget what it was, too. It was not earth-shattering no. story. No. But they did get a story wrong, yeah. which, by the way, can happen. And usually when it happens, people acknowledge, oh, we got that wrong. We're sorry. Boom, boom, boom. This time, they fired all three of those guys. Well, like that, 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 that to They me, were not online, on the air. They were- um, the Editorial or like online or something on, like that? I, I think it was CNN remember, online, I believe. I remember the story, yeah. but I forget what it was about. But yeah. uh, like yeah. immediately, Republicans and Donald Trump came oh, out. Yeah, fake right, news, fake right. news. And the point is- 
they have no argument there because if it was fake news, nobody would have been held accountable for their screw up. And so here at Fox News, yeah, you actually have somebody who has a major conflict, and he's got to keep his job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and by the way, uh, Fox News also let Sean Hannity keep his job after he made a crusade of basically accusing Hillary Clinton of killing that DNC staffer Seth Rich uh, when it was very, very clear. And didn't drop that until the parents of Seth Rich finally sued Hannity, and then he said, okay, I'll stop talking about they it. They had to beg him to stop talking yeah. about their dead yeah. son. Right. And and I never apologized to them, and Fox News, again, stood by a Sean Hannity. Uh, uh, it got a little more complicated, yes, uh, worse for Sean Hannity yesterday, when Atlantic reported that not only does Sean Hannity have a legal relationship with Michael Cohen, uh, the fixer, Donald Trump's personal attorney, but also with Jay Sekulow, who is Donald Trump's another of Donald Trump's attorneys in the White House, and with Victoria Tunzing, the wife of Joe DeGeneva, one of the two law partners whom Donald Trump announced he was hiring and then summarily announced he was not hiring after all. So Trump, I mean, Hannity is in up to his armpits with Trump lawyers. And yep, but it's okay with Fox News. We'll talk more about that, by the way, with Matt Gertz uh, in the next half hour. Matt Gertz will be with us uh, from uh, Media Matters. Oh man, big news yesterday on the diplomatic front. Boy, this came as a shocker, uh, and it sort of leaked out from Donald Trump down in the uh, uh, down at Mar-a-Lago meeting with um, the pre- what's his phrase, Abe. Uh, Shinzo Abe, Shinzo Prime, Abe. Minister, Prime Minister, Prime Minister, Prime Minister uh, of Japan, uh, and in and talking with reporters, uh, Donald Trump said, "Actually, um, uh, we had some very high uh, meetings on very high level so far with uh, North Korea, and it turns out, actually, he's right. The head of the CIA, now nominated to be Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, went to North Korea. How could?" Does head of the CIA get to North Korea and back and nobody know about it? Because he's head of the CIA. Exactly. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but maybe only he could pull it off. But he did and went and met with Kim Jong-un as a preparatory meeting for the summit between Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un sometime in May or June. Um, and Donald Trump reiterating yesterday, uh, this was first reported, by the way, to the Was- by the Washington Post, uh, Trump report repeating yesterday that he really looks forward to this meeting himself. I look forward to meeting with Kim Jong Un, <laughs> and hopefully that will be a success. I don't know. I have to laugh the way he says that name. Always, he, it's always the same. Kim Jong Un. He does. He he says it that no. way all the time. It's so weird. Every Kim time. Jong Un. <laughs> It's like he, he. It's like he wants to be careful. He doesn't screw up any part of the name. I know. It's so uh, something. <laughs> it's something. It is. And in terms of uh, suddenly turning the corner, so so you know, like coming up next week, Kim Jong Un is going to meet with the president of South Korea in the demilitarized zone, uh, and then again the summit coming up. So he's met with Pompeo, the summon coming up with uh, Donald Trump. So there seems to be like turning a corner here 
to the militaristic approach, to the diplomatic approach, which, by the way, we should all salute. And if Donald Trump can resolve the tension with North Korea, I'll be the first to say, Mazel tov, good job. But anyhow, at least we're not talking about destroying North Korea or flattening North Korea, which we were six months ago. So the fact that the, this little progress, but of course, who gets the credit for any little bit of progress in North Korea? Ah, me, 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 me. Without us and without me in particular, I guess, you would have to say that they wouldn't be discussing anything, including the oh, Olympics would have been a failure instead it was a great success. Uh, they would have had a real problem. Well, thanks, uh, Donald yes. Trump. Mm -hmm. Particularly me, without us, but particularly without me, I have to say. Me. Me. Do you get that? Me. Me. Get the cameras focused on me. Yes. Me. I got all the credit. Even for the Olympics, by the way. Yeah, which right. He had, he had nothing to do with What the hell did he have that to do was, with any that of that? That was between North Korea and South Korea, right? So, uh, <laughs> Give him uh, credit for every anything that happens. I know. So now it's interesting, and I love to know what the possibilities are, but um, there seems to be one holdup, uh, and Pompeo discovered this when he went over there, with the summit coming up, and that is, I can't decide where to have it. So there are five locations being considered, and apparently Kim Jong-un is... No, I'm sorry, Kim Jong. Thank, thank you, thank you. Uh, is um, is uh, is fixed on one particular location, which Donald Trump doesn't like, or we don't like, and I just, I, I'd love to know what they're considering. You know, I, it can't be in the United States. That's probably what Donald Trump wants. Come to Mar-a-Lago. I think that's what Kim Jong Un would like. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right? I, I don't think it can be in the United States. I find it hard to believe it could be in North Korea either, right? Yeah. They don't have any place swanky enough for Donald Trump in North Korea. I don't think so, right? No, no. They don't have gold fixtures on the toilets, right? Imagine if that's so, what it is that blows this whole deal up. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what be. it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's nowhere nice enough for the two of them to agree on. <laughs> no, for him, for, to for, for him to agree on. For him to agree on. Uh, but at any rate, good, good, good word on the uh, diplomatic front there. Uh, not such a good word on the diplomatic front. Uh, uh, this is pretty embarrassing with um, sanctions on Russia. Uh, we talked about this yesterday, but it's gotten even uh, a little more um, <clears throat> heated since yesterday. Uh, so let's back, a little, back up a little bit. It was Sunday when having all these discussions, what are we going to do about Russia enabling Syria on this chemical weapons attack because they knew what was going on uh, and they might have given some cover and they certainly defended it, the use of the chemical weapons by Bashar al-Assad. Uh, so we send the cruise missiles, 100 of them, into Syria. But everybody said, no, but that's okay. That's punishing Syria. Now we got to do something to Russia. And they talked about what they're going to do. I talked about more sanctions. So Ambassador Nikki Haley ambassador to the U.N., goes on Sunday shows on, with total carte blanche from the White House and announces we're going to um, impose new sanctions on Russia to show how tough we are, and the president is going to do it tomorrow on Monday. <clears throat> One person watching the Sunday shows was Donald Trump in Mar-a-Lago, who said, the hell I am, screams at the TV, what is she talking about? I never agreed to that. You know, what it was was it looked like she was getting the credit, making the decision rather than him. 
So he gets pissed off, and he says he's not going to announce any new sanctions. He pulled the plug, uh, and then he sends Larry Kudlow out yesterday at, at the White House to say, ba- poor baby, poor lady, she just got confused. She got ahead of the curve. She's done a great job. She's a very effective ambassador. Um, there might have been some momentary confusion about that. Ooh. But if you talk to Steve Mnuchin at Treasury and so forth, he will tell you the same thing. They're in charge of this. Yeah, so condescending. Yeah, she got ahead of the curve. She's just just a little confused. She's right? in over her head. She's in over her head, exactly, as if he's not. <laughs> uh, well, good for her. Nikki Haley says BS to that. So uh, this is not Nikki Haley herself speaking, but on Fox yesterday, Dana Perino, yeah. former press secretary for George uh, W. Bush, um, she reached, had reached out to Nikki Haley, and she tells the world <laughs> Nikki Haley's response. In the last half hour, I was able to get in touch with Nikki Haley, and she said, quote, with all due respect, I don't get confused. Mm. So um, there is some clarity, at least from her part, on that tonight. Whoa. Take that, huh? I love I it. I mean. I love it. Yeah. She said that. I knew what the hell I was talking about. I know what what direction I had. I know what decision was made. Don't give me that BS. Look, I have a lot of problems with Nikki Haley, right? So, yeah. Uh, but right. but she was the governor of a state in South Carolina. Uh, she's, yeah. she's got a pretty strong track record, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, what, no. what, agree yeah, or disagree does. with her. Right. She knows what she's doing. She can get things done, is my point. She's an effective and you look at Donald administrator. Trump. She, yeah, I mean, she's got some experience, right? She's an executive, and she's. They tried to throw her under the bus, and she said, "Not so fast, dude." Who do you think got confused here? Uh, who do you think got confused yeah. here? Someone who constantly gets confused, like <laughs> Donald Trump, mm-hmm. or Nikki Haley. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, um, there she will not go away. Donald Trump would love her to go away. She will not go away. Stormy Daniels was back yesterday on The View with her attorney, uh, Michael Avenatti. And, uh, <laughs> uh, she is, she is re- relentless. Uh, so she was peppered by questions uh, on, uh, uh, on both sides. I thought the clips that I saw, she more than, uh, more than held her own. Uh, her attorney. One one thing they made a little news yesterday because they released a sketch of the guy who came up to her in the parking lot in Las Vegas and warned her to lay off Donald Trump or else. Avenatti talking about the sketch. If you positively identify him, we're going to pay you a hundred thousand dollars because we want to get to the bottom of who this is. We think we know who sent him. You do. But we want to confirm it. Uh, by the way, have you seen that sketch, Peter? I have. Yeah. What I saw is everybody was saying it looked like Tom Brady. Tom Brady. It looks like Tom Brady. It 100% looks like Tom Brady. And look. He's a buddy of Donald Trump. He's a buddy of Donald Trump's. We know that he's a friend. I'm not saying that it was Tom Brady, but I've heard crazier things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, indeed. (laughs) Right. Uh, And um, Meghan McCain asked Stormy Daniels, of course, uh, the obvious question, which she'd been asked before, well, when this guy came up to you, why didn't you immediately call the cops? I would have gone to the police and would have gone, okay, a man approached me. This is what he said to me. He told me, to leave, you know, leave Mr. Trump alone. And their very next question, the detective would have asked me, 
why would somebody tell you to leave Mr. Trump alone? Mm. And I would have had to answer that question. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, sure. I, I can see that. I still think it's a little strange that she didn't immediately go to the police. I think most people would if they were threatened by a thug in a parking lot with I your mean, daughter there. But I, I hear that point. But at the same time, like remembering yep. what she had thought she had agreed to or had agreed to, right? Like right. she the amount of money that she would have to pay if she broke this agreement is in the millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, this does that, that. So that's a nice little discussion. Why didn't she call the cops right away? But it doesn't take away from what happened. Right. Right. OK. Doesn't take away from the sleaze bag Donald Trump uh, having sex with her and then um, offering her money immediately uh, afterwards. Uh, as to Michael Cohen, of course, that came up because the day before uh, they had been in the courtroom outside the, uh, in, in the courthouse in New York where Michael Cohen was trying to get um, out from under uh, the FBI in a search of his property. Uh, and um, Michael Avenatti, again, uh, Stormy Daniels' attorney, uh, just pointing out that uh, what Donald Trump, the problem he made is, he hooked up with the wrong fixer. The problem for the president is he picked the wrong fixer and he entrusted a lot of his personal secrets to a guy that, frankly, was not smart enough and was not tough enough. Ooh, okay. So what happens now, Michael Avenatti? Do you think Michael Cohen will stick by Donald Trump or will he throw Donald Trump under the bus? Michael Cohen has a family. He has kids. I understand yeah. that he's a fairly devoted father. And he's not going to look at his wife and say, no, I'm going to go take a bullet for this president and go serve decades or, or 10 years or at five years, 10. at yeah. least 10 mm -hmm. in a federal penitentiary. Mm -hmm. You know, I like him a lot. Mostly because that is a Trumpian play. Total. You yeah. Know? And, and, and not necessarily <laughs> yeah. in a negative way, right? No. But that's just a, think about but, your family. You've got a family to take care of. You really want to go out on the line for this guy? Like, that's a, that, that is a very Trumpy. But you know what? I think he's right. I do too. 100%. I mean, yeah. I mean, just look at the Robert Mueller investigation, right? Where Michael Flynn is now cooperating. George Papadopoulos is not, now cooperating. Rick Gates is now cooperating. The only guy who's not is Paul Manafort. If he's smart, he better start cooperating. These right? guys like uh, else, to... You look at 30 years in prison? No, no they're not going to do that. As much as these guys like to play, act like they're in the mob or the mafia and loyalty above all else and all this stuff, like they're not going to do time. Mm -mm. They're not going to do real hard time to cover up for this buffoon. They're not going to do it. No, no, not at all. Uh, so we're going to get more into the whole Sean Hannity mess with uh, Matt Gertz from Media Matters, Media Matters for America. And then Victoria Jones will be along as uh, she's now with a DC radio company, going to be here as a friend of Bill, and will be joined by legal analyst uh, Debbie Hines, our good friend, uh, and look more into um, both the Michael Cohen matter and also... Uh, what's happening with Starbucks uh, and their big decision about May 29. I told you, lots to talk about today, a busy news day. Your comments on Twitter, at BP Show. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with Matt Gertz, Media Matters. This is the Bill Press Show. Hey, here we go, Wednesday, April 18. Uh, it is the Bill Press Show. And we're coming to you live from our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., our studio right here in the heart of the action on Capitol Hill. And uh, joining us in studio on some of the important media questions, particularly 
that we've been talking about the last couple of days. Matt Gertz is the uh, is a senior fellow at Media Media Matters for America, frequent guest of the show, good friend. Hello, Matt. Good to be back. Yeah, last time we talked, you had just posted your uh, interview on uh, Little Profile based on the new book, From the Left, A Life in the Crossfire. It was mm-hmm. fun. Thank you for doing that. Again, don't forget, check out the book at our website, BillPressShow.com, if you uh, haven't already seen it or have uh, your copy. Uh, and Matt, we've been, by the way, in terms of a media news, the biggest media news of the day is that um, Friday is April 20, 420, pot day, the National <laughs> Pot Day. It's now a national holiday. We've declared it a national holiday. Uh, and we will have a special podcast and a special Patreon uh, show uh, for just for 420 for our uh, extra special viewers here. We um, Let me just tell you, um, it's pretty wild. That <laughs> let, me ju- let me just say that if you want to see the video... You have to subscribe to our Patreon page. It costs $5 a month. We're giving you new content that you can only get on the Patreon page every single week. Um, for the first time ever, someone did a dab, I, an yeah. actual dab. An actual dab. Uh, here on the Bill Press Show. We did, we, 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 I've we, smoked a lot of pot, and I, and, uh, and I engaged again as just, 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 as, just for the show I did. Uh, but I've never seen anybody do a dab. And, let me just, uh, man, that scared the hell out of me. Let me just give you a little preview, okay? Right. Uh, because we recorded it yesterday. Oh. Uh, if this... you've never seen or heard anybody do a dab, this is our friend Phone Homie who did a dab Phone on the homie. show yesterday. Yes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there, goes, there goes the neighborhood. Yeah. All right. Four... So, so happy 420 show. Uh, you can you can watch that video if you go to patreon.com slash BP show uh, and check it out. Uh, don't forget, it's gonna go we up. We had the paramedics up. standing by. We were not taking any chances. Yeah. Everyone survived. Everyone's fine. Yeah. It's like the total opposite of that Maureen Dowd column. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We should have invited her in. Totally. Yeah. I bet you I bet we could have got her to do a dab. We would have had a candy bar for her. Right. <laughs> don't eat the whole thing, don't Maureen. Eat the whole thing. Damn it. That's Come the problem. <laughs> All right. Uh so Matt, we've been at it here for a little while and and uh, always generate a little a dust storm of comments yes indeed we're on twitter at bp show at bp show a uh, bill a compliment this morning from joey our friend joey who says bill green looks very good on you you handsome devil oh jesus wow right wow. off the right, right off the bat huh? well you don't want to put this on this morning i felt like barack obama in a tan suit <laughs> because, because usually i wear blue or purple yeah but. Well, there you go. Thank you, Joey. There you go. Uh, And uh, Lib Lover on Twitter says, I wonder how many – this is a really good question. I wonder how many times a day Donald Trump wishes he'd never run for president. That is interesting. Yeah. You know what? You think he wants this and needs this? Actually, I think he loves it. Yeah. I think he craves it. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably not wrong. Anyway, if you have a comment, find us on Twitter at BP Show. Okay. uh, So, Matt, uh, you have done such a great job – of documenting um, the direct link between Fox and Friends and uh, the President of the United States. Um, It came out last week in a very telling way, having to do with Syria, uh, when Ainsley Earhart suddenly provides, uh, okay, so what's looming with the White House? The James Comey book is coming out. 
The ABC interview is coming up on Sunday night. So last Friday, Ainsley, talking to foreign policy expert uh, Geraldo Rivera, says, well, here's a way maybe to get the folk, get the spotlight off of James Comey. If the president and France and the U.K. decide to strike Syria, don't you think that story would be a bigger story than Comey's book that's released on Tuesday? And bingo, later in the day, Donald Trump announces strikes against Syria. Yeah, there's a sort of uh, a wish casting there happening, right, where where she is so desperate to make sure that she doesn't have to talk about James Comey that she just sort of speculates, hey, this is a thing that yeah. might do it. <laughs> uh, and then Trump does it. I mean, I, you know, I, I think that was probably a strike that had been planned a little bit before then. Uh, uh, so not not a direct yeah, link there. Yeah. What's interesting about that, I think, is the suggestion that like Donald Trump would really like to be talking about serious issues like Syria and it's it's you know it's the media yeah. that has foisted James Comey's book upon him when you know the the problem with this is that Donald Trump uh the you know the day after the airstrikes in Syria uh is watching Fox and Friends on the weekend edition seeing a lot of coverage of James Comey and then tweeting a bunch of stuff about how James Comey should be in jail so you know uh there's there's a certain connection uh between those things and also it seemed to me it's very telling that as a trumper right uh, Ainsley her what her concern is the PR question right right about what Comey is saying not none none of the substance of what Comey is saying and what he's and what he's talking about Donald Trump his style of governing mm-hmm. his trying to shut down an investigation perhaps obstruction of justice on and on no she's just saying how can we change the subject right yeah well i mean this is sort of uh, this is the way the fox alternative narrative works right like they spend weeks uh, building in this argument that James Comey is completely not credible, that nothing he says can be taken seriously, that he's just someone who's out to get the president. Uh, and then, you know, uh, that that's all uh, built up over time. And so when there's a new sort of news hook for the story, she can just say, well, none of this really matters. It's all just a PR thing. Let's, let's move on and talk about something else. All right, so what was your reaction yesterday when Fox News comes out and says, no, we didn't know. We were totally blindsided when Sean Hannity, when we found out that Sean Hannity had a business relationship, business relationship with Michael Cohen. Um, he never revealed that on his own broadcast when he would attack Robert Mueller, attack the FBI for invade, raiding the office of Michael Cohen. Never said anything about that. So Fox says we're totally blindsided by that. But we are 100% behind him. Yeah. I mean, it's both totally shocking and completely uh you know, expected, right? Uh, <laughs> this point. is this right. is a statement from Fox that they didn't know that Sean Hannity had a huge conflict of interest uh, when he was commenting on the Cohen raid the previous week. Uh, but now that they know, they but really that's probably don't... true. By the way, right? He did... I, yeah, I mean, I I, I, I I have no reason to disbelieve that. I I, yeah, I don't I, think that Sean I, Hannity I... checks in with anyone about his conflicts of interest. I think that he's basically on an island and does whatever he wants, and Fox is fine with that. So I, t- I totally believe that they didn't know. Uh, it's interesting that they refer to it as his, you know, informal connection with Cohen. That's very much buying into the way Sean Hannity has described his interactions, which is that you right. know, this was largely marginal. Um, you know, I, I took some advice from him largely, but not entirely. All about, about real estate issues. All about real estate. Yeah. Yeah. No, not not all of oh, it. Just, oh. 
almost all oh, of that. We, we don't know what the rest of it I is. Didn't get that. Um, uh, you know, I maybe gave him like ten dollars now and again to make sure it was covered by lawyer-client privilege. Um, the the issue here is that uh, Sean Hannity and Michael Cohen are both huge liars who are at cross purposes. Uh, it's in Cohen's interest to suggest that his uh, uh, legal work for Hannity is a big deal because that way he can argue that it should all be covered by lawyer-client privilege and thus right, should not be right. revealed to federal federal investigators. It's in Hannity's Hannity. interest to say, actually, this was nothing uh, because that minimizes the sort of blowback that he gets uh, for having a massive conflict of interest on air. So Fox says, we don't know anything about this conflict of interest, but I, I think the rest of the statement is something like, we 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 have reviewed it and talked with Sean and we fully support him and that's it right there's no indication here that Sean did anything wrong that they played never do... I don't yeah. say at no, all no there, there's there's wrong. no indication of wrongdoing there's no indication that this is in some way against some sort of Fox ethics right rules which is kind of a, a hilarious idea in the first place <laughs> um, you know there's nothing in there that says. Uh, Sean Hannity won't be allowed to do this again, or we're going to take some steps to make sure that if there are any other conflicts of interest, they'll be disclosed, or that this particular conflict of interest would be disclosed in the future. And there's no name on the statement, which is really the sort of cherry on top, right? It's a statement from Fox News, not a statement from a particular person. So no one's responsible or accountable, which is basically how things work at Fox News. So nobody at Fox News owns up to this statement. No, it's it's a statement from Fox News. Uh, You know, so this, I mean, this is basically, and this is why I say it's it's expected. This is how things work at Fox News. There are no rules for someone like Sean Hannity. There are none at all. He can do what he wants. Occasionally, he will overstep a line in some way that creates a scandal that leads to Fox saying something. But there's never any actual uh, disciplinary action or— No consequences. No consequences. No consequences, no accountability. We had talked about this before, right, when Roger Ailes was still around. He was Fox News. He ran Fox News, and if it wasn't him, it was Bill Shine. Both of them are gone now, and who there is going to be able to talk to Sean Hannity and exactly. tell Sean Hannity, nobody? You can't do that. That's bad for the network because it, it's kind of Sean Hannity's network now. Yeah. There is no Roger Ailes. There is no Bill Shine. There's nobody really in charge that is able to go to someone like Sean Hannity, who's been there essentially from the get go, and say. This is bad for our network because who's going to tell him? Who knows better than Sean Hannity? What should he have done, Hannity? What should Hannity have done? I mean, he Other should he, like he should have never been in this position in the first place, true, right? True. Like he should have been, uh, <laughs> you know, disclosing all along that he had this relationship with someone who was a major news figure. Uh, he probably shouldn't have been taking free legal advice or low, you know, cut rate legal advice from someone uh, with whom he might have to report on it someday. Like the. Of journalistic principles that bar this from happening, and if it does happen, require a prompt response. Now, now all of us are pretty active people, right? And you know, you know the, the way the business works. Mm-hmm. I don't have to tell you. You meet people. You do have relationships. You haven't lived on a desert island all your life, right? So inevitably, it can happen. It has happened to me. Mm-hmm. That somebody whom you know well or might even have a relationship with comes up in the news that mm-hmm. you have to talk about. 
in that case, the proper thing to do is to reveal your connection, correct? Sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and I if think... you do that, and people have done that, I've done that, then at least... Yeah, and I think there. the Cohen case is one yeah. that's just so shockingly obvious that he needed to disclose it. This was a raid of Michael Cohen's office and home for, like, documents that were seized by the FBI under a search a, a warrant. A criminal investigation. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, Sean Hannity's documents may be included in that. And if they are, you know— that, that gives him a very specific conflict of interest regarding that raid. He needs to disclose that. He didn't. Instead, he just, you know, went about his business bashing uh, the raid as, uh, you know, a, a shocking police state action. Uh, and Fox is apparently fine with that. They have, you know, no interest whatsoever in ensuring uh, that the network obeys basic principles of journalism, which is you lay out, everyone else has to do. Right. So now it's compounded by the fact that uh, Atlantic yesterday um, talks that, uh, revealed that Hannity has two additional legal uh, co- relationships or connections, mm-hmm. one with Jay Sekulow, who is, again, one of the other president's other attorneys dealing with the Robert Mueller investigation, and then Victoria Tunzing, wife of Joe DeGeneva, uh, co-founder, co-owner of that law firm that the, the president said he was going to hire and then ended up not hiring. Yeah. Uh, and so he's got <laughs> he's got all these ties with the president's attorneys. It's actually four oh. uh, because uh, Victoria Tensing's husband is Joe, Joe DeGeneva, yeah. who's another prominent yeah. Republican lawyer. And uh, Hannity last year uh, said on his radio show that he had hired Seculo and DeGeneva uh, to investigate so and possibly do a civil action against the CIA, who Hannity claimed had been illegally surveying him. So it's four different four. lawyers tied to uh, the tied to Trump, uh, all of whom Hannity frequently hosts, uh, while never revealing uh, but, uh, that he has these ties. Yeah, right. Um, and then on top of that, um, we know uh, that Hannity and Trump talk. Often by yep. phone, uh, dinner at Mar-a-Lago, dinner at the White House. Um, I mean, it's almost like, uh, and and uh, reportedly, Donald Trump often at the White House quotes Sean Hannity and tells people, "Well, Sean thinks we should do that or whatever." I mean, he's almost the de facto chief of staff. Yeah, and I think that this is one of those. Which, th- this is one of those broader ethics uh, issues that are much. Uh, I, I guess much harder for everyone to focus on because it's so ongoing and so obvious. You know, the the, the Cohen situation is a very discreet thing that everyone can point to and say, well, here is, here is a, a thing that happens to other people uh, that, right. you know, in those cases they need to disclose and Hannity didn't disclose, so it's bad. There aren't a lot of precedents for, you know, someone with a TV show who act also serves as a de facto advisor to the president of the United States. That's a level of ethical crisis uh, that doesn't come up uh, under normal circumstances. And so I think it's harder for everyone to focus on uh, that issue, that that Hannity is advising the president on specific policies and then going on his show and supporting those policies, right? That Hannity is talking to Trump about how to deal with something like the Nunez memo uh, and then, you know, you know, trumpeting that on his show, that Hannity is getting ideas from Trump about what to do on his Fox News program. Uh, this is a much bigger and deeper problem. 
You know, how things have changed. I mean, I was just thinking, I remember back in the Crossfire days, uh, Mary Madeline, um, George W. Bush is running for president, or is president, I forget which, so he's running for president or re-election, and um, must have been for president. At any rate, she was not on the Bush campaign. She was not on the Bush team. She was not on the Bush payroll, um, but she was, and she acknowledged this, um, on the monthly or weekly conference calls of Republican strategists mm-hmm. who were advising the Bush campaign as, just as supporters. And that became a big issue across her, how we deal with this. As and I recall, she resigned from Crossfire because she wanted to be, continue that relationship. And that was so innocent or yeah. innocuous compared to this. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, this, you know, this is this is. But it was you know, a different standard when people were a little more sensitive. And, yeah, well, I, I think it's a different network. I mean, <laughs> it's Fox, also a different network. Fox just doesn't right. care about yeah. ethics issues. They're not yeah. important to them. What you know, and I think this is something we saw with Bill O'Reilly as well, where the network was happy to pay off, uh, you know, million dollar settlements to women who said that Bill O'Reilly had sexually harassed them, women who worked for Fox who said that. The network didn't care. They kept doing it. It caused trouble when, uh, you know, that story was reported out by the New York Times, uh, by reporters who just won a Pulitzer Prize for that. Um, and when an advertiser boycott went after Bill, O'Reiser, Bill O'Reilly's advertisers, you know, told them you, you shouldn't be associating your brands with someone who repeatedly sexually harasses people uh, and all of his advertisers dropped out. And only then did Fox care enough to do yeah. something that I think... You know, I, I think there are often disagreements about whether or not advertiser boycotts are a good idea or not. I totally understand those discussions, but it is the only thing that Fox actually cares about, right? Like, Fox yeah. is not going to, you know, the normal recourse when someone on television does something bad is to go to their bosses and say, this is this person's doing something bad. You should keep them from doing it again. And then, you know, they respond. That is useless when you're dealing with Fox News. It is completely sure. worthless. Well, I, to go. I mean, even in the case of Laura Ingram, right? Like they brought up this, the fact that she had said some really nasty things about some high school kids. Yeah, but that... and lost a ton of of advertisers. Mm-hmm. And Fox is still the whole time we're sticking with her. We're sticking mm-hmm. with her. Yeah. We're sticking with her. Well, because that's the business model, right? Yeah. Like they get viewership because uh, their commentators are willing to. You know, do whatever the president says and say really, you know, right. virulent things. Uh, and so, because of the, because of that business model, the the only way to impact the network is to change the business model. Right. Matt Gertz with us from Media Matters, MediaMatters.org. So, um, Comey was uh, did this big thing on ABC last night. Uh, I mean, uh, Sunday night. He's on with Jake Tapper tomorrow. I think he was on with Colbert last night. He's going to do the View. I mean, blah blah blah. blah. Is the media making a mistake by sort of making Comey this total media hero? I mean, I don't know they, how you They av- really have put him up on a pedestal. Yeah. I don't know how you avoid covering him. I mean, this this is, you know, an FBI director who was fired by the president because of his uh, you know, unwillingness to do what the president said about the Russia investigation and just someone who played Let's be real. The pivotal role in determining who won the 2016 presidential election. I think that's pretty clear at this point. And so, you know, there's no way to avoid discussing him a lot. Um, I think that the 
there's a, a trap that I think people fall into sometimes, which is that just because the president is behaving in ways that wreck norms by attacking people, it doesn't mean that those are good people who you need to hold up uh, as exemplars. Um, you know, I think that if uh, if James Comey wanted to live up to his billing as someone who, you know, put country above all else and someone who, you know, was just uh, just doing his job, then he probably wouldn't have written a best-selling book uh, and, you know, gotten booked all over the place to talk about it, right? There, There's a sort of very obvious uh, sense here in which he is uh, trading on his past actions and notoriety uh, to get fame and money, and I think that's a little distasteful. Uh, and he might not also, uh, following your line, I've written about um, his tie being too long, his hands being too small, his skin being too orange. Yeah. Getting into that personal stuff, which is a little Trumpian. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, this gets is, in the way of his message, I believe. So it's this sort of constant problem of fighting with Donald Trump, right? Like, if you don't stand up to him, he's going to grind you down, uh, and he's going to attack you in ways that are just horrible and distasteful. But if you try to drag him, if you try to go down to his level, you make yourself look small, right? Yeah. And it's hard for someone who's six foot eight to make themselves look small. <laughs> but you know, this this reminds me of of Marco Rubio, you know, basically Total. talking about the size yeah. of Donald yeah. Trump's, you know, right? Uh, this, this doesn't, you know, just because he is a you know unpresidential thug doesn't mean that it's a good idea to act like one too. For yourself, right? Um, just a little bit of time left, but I have to ask you the latest, if there is a latest, on Sinclair Broadcasting. Last time you were in, we talked about this whole, and since then, I've been mm -hmm. to Chicago and I visited WGN, the great WGN in Chicago, which is the number one target for Sinclair expanding their empire mm -hmm. by buying Chicago's very own WGN. Um, Sinclair, which put out this... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, warning about fake news that they required all of their anchors to read, uh, and and they are uh, now seeking to expand their empire from what um, 143 to 192 or what? No, they have 192, adding another 43 stations. Is that going to happen? What's going on? Is there any blowback? Or I mean, we'll see, right? Like this is one of those cases where uh, it's impossible to disentangle. Uh, the president's personal interests and the things that he says publicly from the actions of government, right? Like this is a uh, a merger that needs to be reviewed by the federal government, but you have the president going out on Twitter saying that Sin Sinclair is great. Yeah. yeah, so uh, you know, I think that raises a lot of questions about uh, how that process is going to go. And he's got his guy now, head of the uh, uh, FCC. Absolutely, who has met repeatedly with Sinclair throughout this whole process um, and is apparently a big fan of them. Uh, the other news that broke uh, yesterday, I believe, is that one of the uh, one of the Smith brothers who uh, sort of run and own uh, Sinclair had apparently maxed out uh, to um, uh, Gianforte, the, the Republican uh, congressman from uh, Montana who famously body-slammed oh, uh, right. a reporter, yeah. uh, you know, during uh, on the on the uh, eve of his previous election. So, you know, that, that that is a very strong signal, I think, about what you think about journalists. If you're maxing out to the guy that body-slams reporters, I think that says something about you. Right. And uh, it, it, it's probably the same 
uh, David Smith, who, who said that uh, print media serves no purpose whatsoever. You might as well just abolish it I think it was it his all. brother Robert who did it, but oh, yeah, okay. more or less. At any rate, yep. the Smith brothers. They make good cough drops. Lousy, lousy television. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Matt, great to see you. Thanks for coming in. Good to be back. Here's a friend of Bill, uh, the one and only Victoria Jones, coming up next here on The Bill Press Show. This is The Bill Press Show. Hey, everybody, this is Bill Press. Thanks for listening to The Bill Press and Friends podcast. And now, do yourself a favor. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Here's what you do. Just search for The Bill Press Show. Then you can take us with you and listen in anywhere you go. And you'll get new shows from us as soon as they're posted. And one more thing. If you really enjoy Bill Press and Friends, please help us grow by telling a friend, writing a review, and giving us a rating on iTunes. It's so great to have you on board. Many thanks. Everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show. Live at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Can you do without coffee for one whole day? Well, you better get ready. You got a month to prepare. Uh, but May 29, Starbucks shutting down for the whole day. Can we survive? Hello, everybody. What do you say? Great to see you. It is uh, The Bill Press Show here. On a uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, April 18, uh, and we're coming to you live from Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, with all the news of the day. And it is another one of those days where there just ain't enough time to keep up with everything that's happening on so many fronts. Um, today, President of President, I keep saying Obama. I wish, oh, I wish, I wish. Oops. Oh. Yes. Mm. Well, that voice is uh, the friend of Bill for this hour. Victoria Jones, now with DC Radio Company. Here's a friend of Bill for the entire hour. Victoria, it's good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah. We, yeah. Haven't, hung, we haven't hung out for a while. Mm-mm. Okay. You ready to go? I'm ready. Loaded for bear. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, news on many fronts from Mar-a-Lago. We hear that... Uh, George Pompeo, the CIA director, has been to North Korea and back, and we didn't even know it. Uh, Fox News saying, we have total confidence in Sean Hannity. We don't care what the hell he does because, of course, Sean Hannity is running Fox News these these days. Uh, And Stormy Daniels taking the view by storm uh, yesterday with his attorney, Michael Avenatti, uh, and, got... and a great tweet. You've you've seen the presidential tweet, right? Tell me. Okay, it's a great. You mean tweet. this morning? Uh, the this, one in this, this the one, one in Japanese? Was, no, not the Japanese tweet, which oh. I was, I was uh, impressed uh, by. This is from last night, from at real Donald Trump. Pastor Andrew Brunson, a fine gentleman and Christian leader in the United States, is on trial and being persecuted in Turkey for no reason. They call him a spy, capital S, but I am more a spy than he is. Hopefully he will be allowed to come home to his beautiful family where he belongs, exclamation mark. But I am more a spy than he is, the president says. I'm not making any comment about that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you can make your, yeah. Yeah, you can. Oh, I love that. What does that mean? Uh, next on trial, Donald Trump. Uh, so, Victoria's here. You're here. We want to hear your comments on Twitter, at BP Show. But first... 
Yes, indeed. Just a couple of other stories making news. Now, yesterday we talked a little bit about the Pulitzer Prizes. One that we did not get around to mentioning was a man by the name of Ryan Kelly. He won a Pulitzer Prize for breaking news photography for an image that uh, he captured at the big white supremacist rally. Remember last uh, early Charlottesville? summer in Charlottesville. Yeah. He got a photo of one of the men that, uh, or the man that drove his car into the group of counter protesters mm-hmm. that actually mm-hmm. killed a woman. He got a photo of it in action with sort of people who were hit by the car sort of flying off. It's a captivating image, except here's the thing. Ryan Kelly, who won a Pulitzer Prize, he got out of uh, journalism. He left after that, and he now runs social media for a brewery in Richmond, Virginia. Mm -hmm. So that says a lot about how we view our journalists and photojournalists. Uh, He left uh, not long after he took that photo, actually. He just said, you know what? This is not for me. So he's been working uh, for doing social media for a, a brewery, and... So do you, do you think maybe he got the Pulitzer Prize for the craft beer? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, and one other quick story. When you think of New York, you think of mice and rats sometimes, right? Like you get on the subway, you see rats, you see mice. That's part of what New York is. Well, a new study says that droppings of house mice in New York carry bacteria and unknown viruses capable of causing fever and even life-threatening diseases Ooh. that have grown resistant to any sort of antibiotics. Hey. So there are super mice and super rats in New York City. This is why we need more cats, Victoria. Amen. Always. Amen. Uh, yes, Victoria. <laughs> Amen. A great cat lady among uh, many other virtues <laughs> of Victoria Jones. <laughs> Take the Bill Press Show anywhere you go. Download our free podcast, search for the Bill Press Show on iTunes, and catch the highlights from every show. Uh, Yes, Fox News says we were totally blindsided by Sean Hannity. We had no idea he had this professional relationship with Michael Cohen, but that's all right. We still support him 100%. What do you say? Hello, everybody. Great to see you on a Wednesday, Wednesday, April 17. Welcome to the Bill Press Show. And this Wednesday edition, as we boom out to you live from our studio on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., joining you online on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show, uh, joining you on Free Speech TV, coast to coast, as well as out in the greater Chicago area on the great WCPT, the big progressive foghorn of Chicago. We are there and we are joined today as a friend of Bill this entire hour by our good friend, uh, formerly with uh, Talk Radio News, now a chief correspondent for DC radio company, Victoria Jones. Hello, Victoria. Hello. Everything good? Everything's great. I know. You always are very upbeat. We like that about you. By the way, we have a very special broadcast coming up on Friday. Yes. For those who uh, are our Patreon subscribers. That's over yes, and above. Yes, Patreon, Patreon, wonderful. It's a great program. Love Patreon. And so Friday is a 420 I don't know whether in the UK 420 is a big day, but April 20, pot, pot, and it's a high holiday. It's a high holiday. Oh, I like that. Yes, that was quick. I mean, that's quick, quick. particularly since I'm waiting for my coffee, which I know is brewing. And uh, but it's very very impressive that no, it is a high holiday. It is yes. Good high holiday. We celebrated the high holiday. We taped a special program with uh, two good friends, uh, well, Peter and I. 
uh, and there was lots of pot going around. And Matt there Laszlo was? from oh yes, right, really, yes. Matt Laszlo. Hey, it's legal, baby. Oh, you it's taped legal. it in D.C.? Yeah. Yes. Right no, here in that, right, right in that chair no, that you're Virginia. sitting in right no, now. right here. Uh, Matt Laszlo from Rolling Stone. And then Phone Homie from Slab. The Slab Hour. The Slab, the slab Hour. hour. Yeah. Phone oh, Homie. Yeah. Really? That's Phone the Homie, yes. Phone Homie. Uh, so here's a little preview. Do you Victoria. remember so, much about it, Bill? <laughs> well, here's I do. Before I really got st- stoned. So we were smoking. Were you smoking or eating? We were smoking. 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 Okay. We smoked a joint. Yeah. Phone right. homie. Phone did, homie did a. He did dabs. He did dabs. Which, for those of you that are not pot smokers or not in that world, it's a highly concentrated version of weed. So if taking a hit off of a oh, joint yeah. is like drinking a beer, doing a dab is like doing a couple shots. Wow. Straight I, down. I am not in in that world. But by the way, and you have there to. There were have... no brownies. <laughs> Uh, no. They took wow. too long to kick in. Brownies would have been. Wow. Somebody but, knows a lot about this, I'm Peter. A, yeah, I read a lot about but it. But there was I this, see. you have to have this contraption, this machinery to do this dab, which I've never seen What's before. What's the contraption? Is, well, it's hard to describe. He just called it a rig. It's a rig. It's a what, like a like a truck, and, and you put water in, and then you put, then you take like a, a blow, hooker. You take a blowtorch, like an old-fashioned. Yeah, yeah, sort of like, but smaller. And then you take a blowtorch blow and torch. heat it up. Literally. Literally. And then you put this little dab in and then. And it's a uh, dab. So here, a little. Like Just a, a little, little glob little, of this concentrated. Looks like a little bit of like jelly. It looks like, yeah, something. it looks like jelly. So you drop it in and then you suck on the other end. And here, here's a little preview, right? This still happens when you take a dab. Here's phone homie. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> There goes, there goes the neighborhood. Whoa, whoa. Happy 420. Does it sound very hygienic? Oh, well, I wouldn't say it was. I wouldn't call him a health nut, Victoria. <laughs> he didn't go for a jog straight after but the show, But he was happy. We he were all happy. feeling great. <laughs> Anyhow, so Peter, where do people find this? Patreon.com slash. I don't remember. I just, yeah, who I knows? Bill remembers know. little about the show. <laughs> Patreon.com slash BP show. Here's the thing that's the only way you can see our 420 show. We ask $5 a month. That's it. And we put up new content every single week. So we have uh, some other interviews up there uh, in anticipation of Earth Day. We talked to Colin O'Mara from the National Wildlife uh, Federation. Uh, we have other videos that you can only see on Patreon. Uh, so go there, sign up. It's five dollars a month, and the four twenty show is it, it's worth it alone. It, it that is. alone is worth it. It, it is absolutely. So Victoria, there's so much yeah. to talk about. I want oh, to yeah. start here. So there's a little um, <clears throat> oops, maybe at the White House yes. uh, this weekend when uh, U.S. UN Ambassador Nikki Haley mm-hmm. uh, goes on television as she's been. It's all worked out with the White House, and she's going to make the announcement that they're. They're not going to – it's not just cruise missiles against uh, Syria. Mm-hmm. They're going to – for the chemical weapons attack. But we're going to take some action against Russia too because they were en- the enabler of this attack. And so it was up to the U.N. ambassador to say what we're going to do. We're going to have new sanctions well, on no Russia. There is no secretary of state. Pardon me? There is no secretary of state. That's true. That's true. So she is – very good point. So she says so we're going to do these sanctions, and the president is going to announce them tomorrow. He apparently is watching television, gets a little pissed off because he's not making this announcement. And so uh, he says, no, I'm not going to do that. And then yesterday they sent 
Larry Kudlow, the economic advisor, out uh, to explain what happened. In so doing, I think, um, well, let's let him speak first. She got ahead of the curve. She's done a great job. She's a very effective ambassador. Um, there might have been some momentary confusion about that. But if you talk to Steve Mnuchin at Treasury and so forth, he will tell you the same thing. They're in charge of this. How condescending. It, it sounds a little like she's either a ditz or as though she's in early stage some kind of degenerative disease. Or in over her head. Or in or over her head, or she's a little lady. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A little so, lady. On Fox News, Dana Perino, former White House press secretary, uh, has a, knows uh, the ambassador, and she reached out to the ambassador, uh, and later in the day, she, Nikki Haley, responds through Dana Perino to Larry Kudlow. In the last half hour, I was able to get in touch with Nikki Haley, and she said, quote, with all due respect, I don't get confused. Mm. So um, there is some clarity, at least from her part, on that tonight. Bravo, right? Yes. And then, <laughs> uh, but wait, there's more. Oh. The oh. New York Times has a great story on this. A great story on this. Um, what more we have here is that um, uh, you've got that um, Cudlow then uh, called Haley to apologize. Oh. Larry Cudlow called Haley and spoke to the New York Times by telephone. She was certainly not confused. Cudlow told the New York Times, I was wrong to say that, totally <laughs> wrong. He added, as it turns out, listen to this, she was basically following what she thought was policy. The policy was changed and she wasn't told about it, so she was in a box. Uh -huh. Whoa. There's more. <laughs> The argument that Haley had merely gotten out ahead of a decision was undercut by the fact that the White House itself had sent out word to surrogates on Saturday, the day before her remarks, mm -hmm. letting them know that it had already decided to take punitive action yeah. against Moscow. And then it quotes from a document distributed by the RNC titled White House Talking Points. <laughs> So then there's more. Now, um, and so this is fascinating. Um, then it talks about the deeper strain between Trump and Haley. And, and it did talk about how Trump had been watching this and uh, said that he um, he did. He went ballistic when he saw her say it. And uh, and really, he got very, you know, got very cross when he saw her say this on on TV. But the, the deeper strain According to administration officials and other insiders, she's perhaps the most hawkish uh, voice, it mm -hmm. says. Uh, this is fascinating. He was watching it and said, um, at one point recently, he saw Haley on TV sharply criticizing Russia over its intervention in Ukraine. Who wrote that for her? Trump yelled angrily at the screen, according to People Briefed. Who wrote that for her? Trump has grown suspicious of her ambition, convinced that she's been angling for... Tillerson's position oh. and increasingly wondering whether she wants his own job. <laughs> Republicans close to the White House whisper about the prospect of an alliance between Haley and Vice President Mike Pence possibly Whoa. run as a ticket in 2020. Aides to both scoff at such suggestions, but the slightest hint of such a pairing would be likely to enrage Mr. Trump.
Oh, so there's more to the story than we than than on the surface. There's a lot more there's to the story. There's a lot more to the story. But you know, I must say, uh, while I disagree with her certainly hawkish position, and I think she's a lousy governor of South Carolina. I mean, I think for this administration, she was good on the statues. On, she was good on. Thank and you. And the flag. Thank you. And, and the, the flag, flag. Right. So I take that back. But, but I think she's. I was going to say. I think she's been one of the more effective members of the Trump administration and more believable in her role as a U.N. ambassador, carrying out the Trump policies I I'm talking about. I think she's been very effective. Yeah, and, very and effective. on television. I think she's good. I know? think she's doing... Uh, I, I Again, think I'm not doing... endorsing her policies. I'm just saying if you are a Trumper, this is a person that you would want out front speaking for you. I think she's representing the country well. Yeah, right, and certainly the administration well, yes. right? So, uh, but I think for another for country, Trump, Trump, seeing for, her, they're seeing a strong, yes, a strong country, yes, and and not seeing vacillation, <laughs> yes, which they may be getting right. from some other areas. So twist that around. So when Donald Trump sees that, he sees that as a threat to him, right? Yes, he doesn't. He he does. I think. I think he is threatened by strength in other areas. He likes people who are telegenic. Mm, and yes. he likes people who do well. So he likes her being good on television, but he doesn't like her to be too good. Because <laughs> it's a very yeah. difficult path to walk. Yeah. But also, if you're in an administration, it's a difficult path for a person like her to walk. I mean, because she wants to do her job, but if she gets too good at it or too far out in front, you know, look at Jeff Sessions. Nobody tries to suck up to Donald Trump more than Jeff Sessions. And what does he get for it? He gets mercilessly cut down over and over and over. Well, and she's dealing directly with the Russians every day. And she is seeing the evidence of what they have done in Syria and and of their intervention in Ukraine and of these other things. And she is an honest person. Mm. And so she is speaking truth to them. And she's dealing with them every day. She's dealing with these diplomats. Right. And so she is being as truthful and honest, I think, as she can be. And um, President Trump is is dealing with, from whatever deck he's dealing from and is seeing this on television. And, you know, he, he did pull back on the sanctions because apparently he wants this good relationship with Putin or, what, or whatever that is. And... Um, and he is not dealing with the diplomats every day. So here we come back to, uh, and it's happened so many times, when it looks like we're going to be tough on Russia, Donald Trump pulls back, right? Uh, what does Vladimir Putin have on Donald Trump? I don't know. But I don't doesn't know. It, it does raise the question, it seems, that there's something there, right? Now, well, he, he says, yeah. well, because it's, it's in our interest to have a good relationship with Russia. But as we know, he still hasn't acknowledged that they tried to hack or interfere in the election in 2016. He has not condemned them for doing so. We know that they're sort of doing the, trying to do the same thing today, and he hasn't said anything about it. There's just this almost he won't go there, right? It's, um, it's very interesting, and there's a very— it's mentioned in a New York Times story, but there's a very strong business insider story out today which quotes um, uh, an Israeli newspaper uh, quoting Israeli officials, um, both diplomats and also in uh, diplomatic sources and also intelligence sources about the recent um, 
uh, attack on Syria with the US, France and mm. Britain, saying that the missile strike uh, was a failure and um, and saying uh, basically... Israeli officials? Yes, this? Israeli officials. An Israeli diplomatic source is quoted by, um, I think it's pronounced Enet News, if you want to shoot, shoot, don't talk, one diplomatic source says. In the American case, this is mostly talk. They themselves show actions are not going to follow. They, they also say um, that... Um, Actually, the New York Times story, uh, yes, says that um, after President Trump made the announcement that the uh, that the strike was coming, um, the Russians and Syrians moved things away oh. from the sites to avoid being hit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that this was unfortunate. Um, also, an intelligence official said the statement of mission accomplished and the assertion that Assad's ability to use chemical weapons has been fatally hit has no basis. Interesting, yeah. And they know. I mean, I would have to say um, they know how to pull off these strikes and they probably have a better sense of exactly what happened there than would we do. Victoria Jones here with us as a friend to Bill this entire hour. How do people find you now on DC on um, Radio Company? Is there um, they, they can email me at victoria at dcradiocompany.com. Mm -hmm. I'm on Twitter. Though I haven't been tweeting much recently. Um, I've, Join the club. I've, I've been lurking. Lurking? Yeah. I've been lurking well, and watching. <laughs> well, it's kind of hard to keep up with uh, on Twitter because Donald Trump dominates it, uh, dominates it so much. So, um, Michael Cohen, is this a problem for Donald Trump? Where does this go? What's your read? I think it partly depends on what the judge decides. Uh, in terms of uh, who gets access to this material. Mm -hmm. Well, certainly she's not going to let Donald Trump decide. She said that. No, she's not. She, she may bring in an independent lawyer. Right, right. And that would be reasonable. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, the prosecutors are going to get to see an awful lot of material. And then it depends what's in the material and what's in the recordings. And uh, I would think the recordings could be as much of a problem for whoever as emails because people say unguarded things in recordings that they don't necessarily people do put extraordinary things in emails but they say extraordinary things in recordings now i did read that uh cohen did not tape calls with trump but you don't know that that's necessarily the case if cohen was in the habit of taping his calls mm -hmm. um for whatever reason to protect himself or whatever who knows who he taped them with did he tape them with Sean Hannity? I don't know. Um, he said, "He who who was he taping them with? Who was he? We don't know. Um, and what is on them? The the prosecutors will think these are a gift from heaven. The, right. I mean, if you want smoking guns, then recordings are smoking guns. Of what we don't know. Right. And um, the, the given the close and long time relationship." that Donald Trump and Michael Cohen have, where they're really buddies. They go, they go off together, they go out to dinner together. One would imagine that those recordings are totally wide open, right? They were not holding anything back. Like, they're best friends talking about anything. So um, Right, but, but I don't know whether this is going to relate to the Russia probe or whether this is going to relate to business deals. Um, or to sex deals, or to anything. In which case is this is this a problem for Donald Trump? Probably not. 
if it's sex deals, I don't see why it would be a problem for Donald Trump. Uh, I do. Unless it's FEC. If they were covering, yeah, if they were covering up payments to girlfriends or whatever uh, for the purpose of influencing the election and then not reporting that as a campaign contribution, that yeah. could be that yeah. could be a real problem. Um, uh, and, and speaking of Stormy Daniels on the View yesterday, I don't know whether you caught any it. of that. Yeah, but she was there with her attorney, uh, and um, she. The, the, I thought she she made several good points, but. One was that this old question about why didn't you go to the police? You know, the when this thug the approached thug, her, right? Yeah, in, in, Las, in, Vegas. in Las Vegas. Yes. And she was asked by Megan McCain, actually. They're using this to say, well, it's a good you, question. It is a good question, right? I thought she had also a good answer. Here she is. I would have gone to the police and would have gone, okay, a man approached me. This is what he said to me. He told me to leave, you know, leave Mr. Trump alone. And their very next question, the detective would have asked me, why would somebody tell you to leave Mr. Trump alone? Mm. And I would have had to answer that question. Yes, she would have had to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. And and she had signed an agreement not to talk about this. Yeah. Right. So I, she's she's caught there in a in a tough decision. I would have gone to the cops. I think most people would. But I understand maybe why she didn't. But also, I think the point is I made this a little earlier is whether or not she called the cops at that point or not does not do anything to undercut the basic facts of the case, which she alleges, that she meets Donald Trump and they have this one-night stand in Tahoe and she's paid $130,000 not to talk about it. Did any of them ask her, and, and a friend of, it's interesting, a friend of mine actually asked me yesterday about this, um, and I know she was asked about this on 60 Minutes, and, and I think her answer was weak. Why did she accept so little money? Was she asked again about that? Because it really isn't very much, and she's supposedly a very good businesswoman. I don't know whether that was asked yesterday, but that is a good question, particularly when we find out that Elliot Brody from the RNC paid $1.6 million in hush money to— there was a a pregnancy and an abortion involved. But uh, Stormy Daniels could have gotten more money. Even Karen McDougal got more money. Yeah. Uh, than Stormy Daniels did. I think it's the weakest part of her story. And I don't think, I don't remember what she said on 60 Minutes. I'd have to but, go and see the transcript, but I thought it's, I think it's weak. But again, I don't think it it, it takes anything away from no. the basic accu- the basic accusation, if you will, or the no. basic story. I mean, no. just right. to play devil's advocate a little bit, right? Like, yeah, yes. What is the going rate for something like that? <laughs> how would you know? Like, like, how would someone in her position know? You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not. I, I agree with you. I think that that is sort of a weak part. But at the same time, like, this is a really, really powerful guy that everybody knows who he is. He has a TV show. He's like, he's, he's everywhere. He's every every American knows who Donald Trump is. And like, if he holds this thing over your head, he's he's coming from a position of power there. So like, I don't know that she knows what the going rate is for something like that. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's right. She doesn't, um, but she knows he's very rich. So uh, yeah, I, I just sure. I just I just I've just wondered about it. Yeah, just a uh, breaking and a little breaking news here. Yes. Uh, Donald Trump is tweeting. He's been tweeting all morning. He even retweeted something in Japanese this morning. Uh, but his latest tweet here is about James Comey's firing. Slippery. This is his new name for. Oh. Slippery James Comey, the worst FBI director in history. 
oh. was not fired because of the phony in, Rust- in Russia investigation, where, by the way, there was no collusion, all caps, except by the Dems. So he's repeating this thing, which he suggested last week, that Comey will be remembered as the worst FBI director in history. Really? But not fired because of the phony Russia investigation. You know, in the over, his story changes. He said he was. He yeah, said that he's on t- he's on vi- video tape saying that he was. And it was reported that in that famous meeting uh. the day after he fired Comey in the Oval Office with Ambassador Kislyak and uh, the Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov. Lavrov, that he told them he fired Comey because of. Comey would not drop this investigation, and he had to get that monkey off his back. Yeah, it was a weight off. So he has said before that he was fired because he wouldn't drop the investigation. Now he's saying he was not fired. So I guess, what's he back to claiming that he was fired because he didn't treat Hillary kindly? I don't know. Was it, was it the Lester Holt interview in which he said that it was the Russia investigation? Yes, I think yes, it was. yes, yes. By the way, you know the, uh, another, and that was on video. The yeah, meeting in the Oval video. Office yeah. was not another tweet that he sent out this morning that I missed uh, uh, because he hasn't said anything really about the Stormy Daniels situation. We were talking about the sketch that was released mm. on the View mm. yesterday by Stormy Daniels and her attorneys. Somebody, uh, a woman by the name of Shenna Fox, oh I don't know, she's on Twitter. She tweeted at Donald Trump this morning. Uh, the the sketch looks like Stormy Daniels' ex, and they show a picture of the sketch next to a picture of Stormy Daniels with her ex, either husband or ex-boyfriend. Uh, and Donald Trump says, he retweets that and says, a sketch years later about a non-existent man, a total con job, playing the fake news media for fools, parentheses, but they know it. So... He's commenting on the Stormy Daniels sketch now. Well, uh, what's interesting about that is that he has been pretty. We've talked about this. He's stayed away from Stormy Daniels. Remarkably Remark- restrained. Has Very not restrained. attacked her, has not given her a nickname, has not talked about it. Um, I'm surprised that he would suddenly break his silence on that. And, and he says that this, essentially the story that she said about the guy that came up to her in Las Vegas that they have this sketch for is is all BS. It's all fake. So I think what a lot of people are asking is about, back to the Michael Cohen thing, it's just a sec, is that um, if, if the FBI finds enough stuff to file some charges against Michael Cohen, will he cooperate with them or will he, or will he take a bullet for Donald Trump? You know, it's so interesting... Um, after Scooter Libby was pardoned, oh uh, yeah, that um, which and and President Trump pardoned him, having said that he didn't know the didn't know the history, didn't know what he was basically what he was pardoning him for, and I remember the Scooter Libby thing because Don't I asked I asked a key question about it in the White House briefing room that prompted this that set this off, um, so I think that was a sign. That you know, people can be pardoned, but this all happened in New York. So suppose state charges are filed against um, Cohen, in addition to federal charges. Um, suppose it looks like he might be doing state time. Well, he mm. can't be pardoned by the president for state time. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know that's a good question to uh, to 
to ask our friend Debbie Hines, who's going to be joining us next, who is, unlike you or me, an attorney, uh, a very and good— And knows what she's talking about. A, <laughs> a very good legal strategist. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll make some room here at the table for her, and you stay with us as well. I'll take a quick break here on this Wednesday, uh, April 18. Victoria Jones here is a friend of Bill. We'll be joined by legal strategist, legal analyst, and trial lawyer Debbie Hines coming up right next. Lots to talk about. Stay with us. This is the Bill Press Show. Hey, how about it? Wednesday, uh, April 18, uh, the Bill Press Show. Hello, folks. Great to see you today. Thank you so much for being with us on a very, very busy news day. They're all busy news days uh, these days. That's one thing Donald Trump uh, has brought about. Um, a couple of quick comments. Victoria Jones is with us as the, for the entire hour as a friend of Bill, and we are joined by our good friend, uh, trial lawyer and legal analyst, Debbie Hines. Hi, Debbie. Nice hey, to Bill. see you. How are you? Hi, Victoria. Um, so very quickly, if you haven't uh, already caught up with it, my new book out, Bill, From the Left, A Life in the Crossfire. Uh, check it out on our website at BillPressShow.com and join uh, Look at this. Jerry Brown and Maxine Waters Not and bad. Rosa DeLauro, their wow. uh, blurbs on the back. Bernie Sanders, a blurb on, the, blurb on the front. And even from the right, friends, Joe Scarborough, Tucker Carlson, and Ann Coulter. Oh, there you go. Tucker uh, Carlson. What's Tucker say? <laughs> Tucker says, for years I debated Bill Press on television. We argued, barked, and threw nasty insults at each other. By the end, I loved him even more. <laughs> so, anyhow, uh, check it out on our website at BillPressShow.com. The other thing I just wanted to mention, we said this a little bit earlier, but uh, I think we all uh, send um, our good thoughts to Barbara Bush, who was a great, great first lady. She I never was. met her, but I always admired her. She was feisty. She was outspoken. Very genuine, real she was person. funny. And funny, yeah. Yes. Uh, and a great cause of literacy, which she championed. And by the way, her daughter-in-law, Laura Bush, picked that up as well. Uh, great cause. And uh, and I love the fact that she made very clear uh, that um, she was no big fan of Donald Trump's. Uh, she make it clear. When he was attacking uh, Jeb Bush, she said, quote, about Donald Trump, he said terrible things about women, terrible things about the military, I don't understand why people are for him. <laughs> oh, there she is. Uh, the second woman in history who is both the mother of and wife of and mother of a president of the United States. And the first one was? I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, well, I don't have a law degree, so I'm going to defer. <laughs> it's not fair. Abigail Adams. John okay. Adams. Oh, I couldn't have gone back that far. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, he's John Adams me earlier, too. And John Quincy Adams. There you go. Oh, okay. There you That's go. very so, good. Right. No, I, no. I, I had a lot of time for Bob. And she was funny in the whole broccoli thing. She did a oh, whole the funny thing, thing with broccoli. <laughs> she, yeah. she, she just, you know, yeah. she, 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 she made fun of it, and she knew when to make it serious, and she just... She got it, and she—I know she ruled those boys with a with a with a rod of steel. She was called but, the enforcer. Yeah, in the family. <laughs> yeah, oh, really. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it didn't. I hate to say this. It didn't seem to do them any harm. <laughs> you know. Well, she talked about from the about, outside anyway. I she, don't ta know. she talked about uh, how strange it was to have a uh, little Georgie uh, end up in the White House. Here she is. 
that same fellow that I used to yell at to please pick up his room, to see him as president, it's truly amazing. <laughs> we have a phrase in England, I would not like to get the, uh, the, back, the back side of her tongue, I'll tell you that. <laughs> there um, so one other thing I want to mention, we haven't talked about this yet, is um, what happened, the ac- terrible accident on Southwest Airlines yesterday. Uh, it's worth mentioning first, it's, it, it, I mean, for the horror, we all fly a lot, right? And I was on Southwest just last week. I've flown Southwest many times. They are a great airline. Um, they've really got it down, I think. Um, not luxury, but they're the best of the, yeah. of yeah, the uh, consumer-friendly yeah. airlines. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is the very first fatality in 51 years of Southwest. Really? Very first. That's a fantastic record. I mean, seriously. And they have a great safety record. But this this engine exploding while it's in the air, and and um, and then shrapnel breaking through a window, so the pressurized the pressure went out of the cabin, and the, the oxygen mask come down, and this one woman, the one who was killed, was sucked out of the plane halfway out the window, and the other passengers pulled her back in. But by that time, it was just too late. But isn't that horrific. what you fear? One of the things you fear? No, absolutely. Yeah. It was and a bird, wasn't it? No, 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 no. I thought no. it was the a plane, bird. No, plane explode. The engine. I don't. I didn't Do see that why? at all. No, they're I investigating. I thought it was a bird that went right. into the engine. That's no. what it usually is—a bird yeah. that gets yeah. caught no, up no, in I'm the engine. No, I'm pretty sure not in this case. Oh, the engine, wow. the engine blew up, and and shrapnel, shrapnel went in through the window. Um, uh, so first fatality ever for Southwest Airlines, and the first airline fatality in this country since 2009. Wow. There has not been a person that. killed in this company, oh, no, airline flight in 2009. Imagine that. On I mean, a we all remember the days on a on commercial, commercial flight. Sorry. Mm. We remember the days when, I mean, I remember like there were like three plane crashes a year. You sort of figure that, right? You know, wasn't that unusual? You uh, know, I pray they, every they time become, pl- I take off and right. every time I land. And when I think about it, I'm much in much more danger when I cross the street. Totally. Or ride the metro. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just saying that the airline airline travel has become so safe. Yeah. You know, we, t- we kind of take it for granted. I don't take uh, it for granted, though, because you yeah, still yeah. have that loss, maybe because I'm a control freak, but you still have that loss of control. So I don't, you know, I do pray when I get on it, and I pray when I when it lands because I don't. But I love flying, but I don't take it for granted, even yeah, though there haven't been. I don't take it for granted. Uh, so, Debbie, we're glad you're here because Victoria and I have been uh, edging around a few uh, very touchy legal issues. Oh, so we've just we... been making up law. Yeah. Oh, right. my we've God. Been, <laughs> we've, been, we've been practicing law without a license. Yes. So, and uh, some let... lawyers may also do that. Ah. <laughs> Not myself. Like Michael Cohen? Yeah, right. um, His lawyer. <laughs> before we get to Michael Cohen, Starbucks. Yes. Um, it's just inexcusable what happened in Philadelphia. Um, we know there were two African-American men who come into a Starbucks. They're waiting for a friend, uh, and they're probably going to have coffee when he gets there, but right. he hadn't arrived, and they want to use the bathroom, and they're told, no, you haven't bought anything. You can't use the bathroom. Uh, and then, so they refuse to leave, and then they call the cops on them. They haven't done anything wrong. Um, now, One woman. One woman calls the One cops. woman. Yeah. One woman. The manager. The manager. Right. manager. Uh, so Starbucks is going to shut down on May 29, 8,000 stores, they announced yesterday, and give some sort of uh, sensitivity, racist, uh, racial, racial. Tent, uh, relations right. um, training. 
to these people. How's Starbucks handling this? What do you think about this whole thing? Well, I'm not going to give them a complete pass. I think they're handling it better than most other companies would, and that's not really saying a whole lot because most other companies would still be in the, we're still investigating it, we don't know all the facts, we're not going to you know, jump to any conclusions. So they are definitely handling it better. But Starbucks has a major brand globally, and that's, you know, you got to look at it both sides. That's what they're trying to protect. Uh, they're going to need more. So I applaud them for doing the apology. I mean, they were a little touchy on it with the first apology. Mm -hmm. That actually came out. That wasn't mm -hmm. saying too mm -hmm. much, and someone must have told him, "No, no, 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 you gotta, you gotta step it up a game." But um, you know, closing the stores is major because I did check online, and they have sixteen thousand stores globally. So to close the eight thousand <coughs> U.S. stores, they literally lose billions a day in that day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I forget the exact figure because the figure was globally, but it's substantial. I didn't know it was that much money in coffee. But yeah. but anyway, um, but it's going to take more than just having closing the stores for a day or now it's a half a day or whatever and having some type of training. And yes, they have very prominent people in terms of Eric Holder and Cheryl Lynn Eiffel and others, um, Demos and other um, presenters. But it's going to take more than that because in this country, racism, implicit racism, um, it's just an ongoing issue. So you can't just have it be just a one day. This is what we did because otherwise, to be quite honest, if that's all that they will do, then it's not. Uh, I don't want to say this, but I feel then it's more publicity PR to help their brand. If that's mm -hmm. all that they will do is just bring out the big names, have it. But I do applaud them for at least doing this much, which is more than what most other companies do. Is there none of this? Has there none, been none of this training before? I mean, th did something like this have to happen to for them to think about maybe we ought to uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, talk to our employees about customer and relations? And particularly that's, people yeah. of color. And that's the yeah, interesting thing know. because most, uh, well, most companies don't really have it. It's just like within the Me Too movement and sexual harassment, most companies really don't have that type of training either. And then now all of a sudden that this happened in that area, and racism's been going on ever since the beginning of time in this country. But it's just when an incident happens that it, oh, it becomes a teachable yeah. moment and we now need to do something about it. Um, but yeah, they should have, as well as all of the other corporations in this country, should have been doing that type of training all along, as well as the police departments and everybody well, else that yeah. comes into contact with way, people of color. Uh, and also, Star so Starbucks is saying they're doing something about it. The last I heard, the police department is still saying we did absolutely the right yeah. thing. And arresting them was the right thing to do. Why? Why? Well, here's here's the interesting thing. I mean, you know, Bill, I'm a former prosecutor, and like three years ago, I wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post, and I addressed that very issue in terms of what the police do when it comes to three charges: loitering, loitering, disorderly conduct, and trespassing. Those are always, in my opinion, bogus charges. Those are charges that mean we couldn't find any other reason to arrest you because usually, by the time they get to a prosecutor, they declined they decline pressing charges. So the police arrest, but there is a disconnect there between what actually happens when those cases move on and a prosecutor is reviewing them after, you know, during after the arrest and the people are being detained. Uh, so, no, the police absolutely were wrong and they did not have to arrest. I mean, if anything, they could have just have said they want you to leave, sir. Will you just leave? Because according to the video and the woman that took the video and the other patrons in the store, there wasn't any resisting or anything mm -hmm. like that. So the police so could have said, 
you're going to, I'm sorry, but you are going to have to leave and maybe you can file a complaint with Starbucks or something later, but to arrest them, come on. And, and you know, or, or, or find, or, so, you know, why are you here? And by this time, of course, the guy has shown yes. up. They're yeah. here yes. to meet me. Yes. They're here yeah. to meet me. We're yes. having a meeting. You know, it's like, it's just, you know, the same day, I was downtown D.C. to go to the National Portrait Gallery with my friend. Um, and I needed to go to the restroom. And so I said, let's go and have a coffee while we're waiting for the place. So we go, oh, and there's a Starbucks. Let's go into Starbucks. So we go into Starbucks. I get a coffee. Uh, she doesn't get a coffee. We sit down. I have my coffee. And they give us the very complicated code, five-digit code, <laughs> for the restroom. And she goes first. I sit there drinking my coffee and then I go and they didn't say a word about my friend who is of oh. Iranian origin going to the restroom and then I go because I've had a but they didn't say a word about her going. People stay in Starbucks. She should have been arrested. I know and there were people coming in who were clearly people who they knew um, coming in and using the restroom and just going. Right. And people stay in Starbucks all day and don't buy anything. I mean, I lived in a neighborhood in D.C. where, no offense to them, but the senior citizens would be there all day holding their meetings. I mean, until Starbucks literally closed. Yes. I mean, th yeah. people conduct yeah. no, interviews sorry. in Starbucks. Oh, yeah. People go no. to the bathroom. I mean, I go to the bathroom in Starbucks if I'm near one and I have to, yes. and I don't buy a thing. I mean... So they marketed themselves as a meeting place. And and, and the other, final thing on this, we're going to go about some other stuff, but it, that this happened in, to me, it's a surprise, in Philadelphia. I mean, Philadelphia but, of all places. But where I mean, it happened in Philadelphia oh, okay. was in Rittenhouse Square. It's, oh, got it. Yeah, okay, so. it's where it happened in Philadelphia, because I went to school in Philadelphia. It's yeah. where it uh, happened. I, it didn't happen in North Philly. It happened yeah. in Rittenhouse Square. I don't know Philly, so tell so, me. So Rittenhouse well, Square is... Basically downtown, for lack of a better word, and high it's, end it's always life. been high end, but it's even become more high end. It's very gentrified, but it's always been yeah. high end, always. So think the Ritz Carlton and a neighborhood. Okay, okay. I mean Philadelphia is not like Baltimore, but Philadelphia is probably fifty percent African American, isn't it? Yeah, Philadelphia in a lot Easy, of ways is like more? Baltimore. The only yeah. thing that makes, it, I mean, in terms of the makeup of the city and 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 the people there and their <clears> spirit, <throat> but the thing that makes it different is they're much more gentrified areas. I mean, in mm -hmm. Philly, they're yeah, much that, more now gentrified that, that, areas in, in right. Philly, but. Um, are they House segregated right. areas? They wouldn't expect to see two black guys on a Saturday it's morning. Downtown. It's downtown. It's yeah. downtown. It's yeah. downtown. Yeah. So no, it's not yeah. segregated. It's it's down. Yeah. There was nothing odd. Nothing odd. And it's and when I say it's gentrified, um, there is also. I mean, these were the comments that were made from someone there. The Philadelphia also borders also with having a lot of homeless. So even though it's downtown, they are used to seeing black people. They're used to seeing homeless people in that area. But in terms of the folks that live there, yeah, it's high end. Yeah. All right, Debbie Hines with us trial lawyer uh and we've seen another and of course victoria jones as a, a friend of bill but as a prosecutor former prosecutor and as a trial lawyer uh, one trial lawyer has been getting a lot of attention lately he is michael avenatti stormy daniels attorney uh just from one trial lawyer to another what's your take on this guy well you know it's interesting do that you know him no, I don't know him. But it's interesting that you say that because it's almost like you read my tweet. I actually tweeted to him several weeks ago. Oh, from one <laughs> trial lawyer to another, I must say, I like your style. Oh. <laughs> I said, did you read my tweet? That's exactly what I, I said. I mean, he is... Uh, he knows his stuff. He's not bluffing. He's very aggressive. He's very well-spoken. I mean, yeah, he's he's... 
he's everything that basically a trial lawyer is. I mean, that's so very So yesterday he was on with his uh, client, uh, yes, Stormy, Stormy Daniels. Um, she's very upfront about that. She has a legal relationship with Michael Avenatti. She doesn't try to deny it like no, ha- no. Sean Hannity did. <laughs> right, with, right. Uh, and uh, he said a couple of things about Michael Cohen, which I thought were interesting. First of all, in terms of Donald Trump, um, about Michael Cohen, this mm-hmm. is Avenatti talking about Cohen, he thinks that Donald Trump may have picked the wrong lawyer. The problem for the president is he picked the wrong fixer and he entrusted a lot of his personal secrets to a guy that, frankly, was not smart enough and was not tough enough. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, okay. Uh, and so then he's asked, do you think that Michael Cohen will end up cooperating? Uh, here again, Avenatti's read. Michael Cohen has a family. He has kids. I understand mm-hmm. that he's a fairly devoted father. And he's not going to look at his wife and say, no, I'm going to go take a bullet for this president and go serve decades or, or 10 years or at five years, 10. at yeah. least 10 mm-hmm. at a federal penitentiary. What do you think? Yeah. Is he right? Oh, he's right. Absolutely. I mean, uh, even though Michael Cohen said, oh, I would take a bullet for the president, I mean, he immediately after the the, the raid started talking about his family and his, I think he has a daughter. And even if he wanted to, I think that wife is going to like talk him into doing whatever he has to do to minimize his exposure. Yeah. And Victoria, we've seen with the Robert Mueller investigation, um, Michael Flynn cooperating, George Papadopoulos cooperating. Uh, um, Manafort's not cooperating. Manafort, no. no, Manafort, but Rick Gates. Is, Manafort's right. not married. No, right, Rick Gates is cooperating. Yeah. The only one who's not is Paul Manafort, yeah. right? Yeah. But the others are. So um, yeah. when they saw the possibility of 20, 30 years or whatever. <clears throat> they cooperated. Yeah. Now what about now that uh, Scooter Libby has been pardoned? Is that going to change the landscape for these people, do you I think? I don't think so. And, and I mean, I know that that was probably the hint, hint, wink, wink of the eye that uh, Trump wanted to send the message to uh, Manafort and others. Yeah, right. But the reason why I don't think that's going to matter, because I do think that under the scenes with the investigation, there, there are still potentially uh, state charges that can be charged. That's why I think with... Manafort and with some of the others, their charges, and people were saying, well, why don't you charge, you know, something else, other things, but I think that they're being very, I think uh, Mahler's being very cautious about the charges such that if the charges can also be brought in state court for which there is no pardon, then they'll just do that if the president tries to do it. So I don't think there's really going to be much wiggle room, and particularly like in Michael Cohen's, even though they're all in federal now, uh, the reason why some charges are likely not been charged is because you can't have, they don't want to have an issue of double jeopardy, that we charge you on the federal level and you got the pardon down the line and now we want to try to, you know, bring the same charges in state court, which would be a double jeopardy issue. So I think he's, it's like a chess game and I think the Mueller is really looking ahead, knowing what you have to do. And most trial lawyers are that really are really good as well as prosecutors. You look at the end game and you work your way back. So he's yeah. he's figured out about the pardon a long time ago. Victor, you mentioned earlier about the Scooter Libby thing. You and mm. I remember the Scooter Libby thing well with Vic Valerie Plame, who's a good yeah. friend of mine, uh, to be totally uh, open to uh, in Santa Fe, and now living in Santa Fe. But uh, what got me about Friday is the president attacks James Comey to attack for, as being the leaker and the liar. <laughs> James Comey yeah. attacks him for that. Then he pardons Scooter Libby. Who leaker. was convicted of leaking and lying. Yes. 
Yes. And, and the president in the admitted, same day, yeah, and he the does president this. admitted that he didn't know the history of of the yeah. Scooter Libby case. Now it's 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 interesting, and but he said, you know, he just thought that whatever he thought. It's whether it was a signal or it wasn't a signal. It sent a signal. I think. I think that's that's. What is, totally. what is coming he's, across. That's what he's yeah, trying to yeah, do. Trying to, what's I mean, your he didn't even know who Scooter Libby was, probably. I mean, he never, you know, it sent a signal, and whoever told him to do it was for that purpose, whether it's for the president really knowing he's sending a signal, that may be another, but the reason of the underlying, there's no doubt in my mind it was to send a signal. Mm-hmm. It's know, out of the blue. Mitch McConnell has said that, he, that there is a, 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 a bill going uh, before a, a Senate committee in, in a day or so about uh, a, a law to protect the special counsel. Yes. Mitch McConnell has said right. that he's not going to bring that up, bill up. up to a, for a vote. Yeah. Um, so, And I'm sure that... M- Muller and Rosenstein have got to be thinking, well, how long do I have? They have to be thinking that. It's a reasonable question. But the prosecution would, I mean, I think it's clear that the prosecution would still go on without them. I mean, I, and I've always said, case, yeah, right. and I've always the, said that our the investigation democracy is not dependent solely on Robert Mueller. Our, you know, what happens is not dependent on one person, but the I think that the investigators they'll still continue the case. There are cases in court. So even though the Robert Mueller may not be around if he were to get um let go, the cases in court, I mean, man, they, they don't go away. And they would still be prosecuting those cases, and they would still be investigating those cases. The work would continue. Right. So um, are you licensed to practice in uh, the District of Columbia? Yes. You are. Um, So the president's been looking for an attorney. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Have you been called yet? I mean, he's he's brought a lot of people in. He is the worst possible. He is your nightmare of a client. I mean, the one thing that lawyers really like is we really want to get paid, okay? And he doesn't pay his bills. And uh, the other thing is, although we all end up with clients like this where they're the clients that they do not take your advice. You're given legal advice. And it's okay. I hate to say this is you're paying your bills. I'm giving you the legal advice. You're the client. You can do whatever you choose to do with that advice. But when it becomes, oh, and you're not going to pay, He's going to have a very hard time getting a lawyer. <laughs> so he doesn't pay and he doesn't take your advice. Right. So why would you work for him? That's the worst combination. I mean, that's why I mean, everybody's trying to say, oh, we have all these conflicts because there's now all these people that are being investigated. And mm-hmm. so therefore, it would be a conflict for me to represent you, Mr. President. I mean, although I would love to do it. But I mean, the underlying reason is because <laughs> you're not going to take my advice as a lawyer and you don't pay. <laughs> uh, and, wow. and, and this at the time when. Still, working for the president of the United States has always been considered like just about as good as you right, can go, right, get, right? Right. It, it, historically, it, yeah, it, it yeah. definitely has. It's had cash. It's like working in the White House. You work in the White House and you can always have a career afterwards. Or it's like, as I said, it's like being the shirt maker to the king, right? Yes, being or, the shirt maker right, to the, the king or the boot queen. maker yes, for the queen yes, or something, right? You yeah. have that cachet on your store yeah, in London. Yeah. And you are set for life. Yeah. And wanting to be able to say I uh, was counsel to the president, but then being able to say I was counsel to this president um, is going to ca- create a stigma on your reputation for the remainder of your career. And that's what also people are basically looking at. Mm-hmm. So a yes or no, are they going to get Bill Cosby this time? 
You know, it's a different climate, be only because of the Me Too movement. I mean, so I think that that's going to feed into it than where it was before. It looks like the prosecution is trying some different tactics and trying to, mm-hmm. you know, put some loopholes. But, you know, I've, I've always said I don't care what people have thought about Bill Cosby, and I'm no fan of him, let me be clear, supporter, but uh, that's a tough case. It still had so many things yeah. at the end of the day that have to be explained about okay. the, you know, yeah. We'll talk about that another time. We'll continue to talk about that another time. Thank you so Thank much, you Debbie. Thank you so much, Bill. Victoria, Victoria, so good to see you. Good to see you. Hey, co- folks, have He's a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.